In biblical Christianity, it is Jesus alone who saves. In the LDS Church and Mormon fundamentalism, Jesus cannot save you by himself. Next on Polygamy, what love is this? We welcome as our co-host this time, Dorothy Catlin. She contributes insights and to our discussion. And I thank you, Dorothy, again for coming and sharing. And Thanks. It's always a joy to be here. It's always nice. It's always nice to have you. Um, and this is an interesting topic that as a, you've never been in the LDS religion, but no. you live in the culture and you can see the contrasts very clearly because oh, of your yes. Christian background. Now, there have been over, well over 250 breakoffs from the original Mormon church that was started by Joseph Smith, and inherent in most of them, if not all of them, is the idea of modern-day prophets. And most of them claim that they are the only true prophet. Now, they may recognize some value or validity in, in some of the other Mormon factions, even of the LDS church itself, but the Mormon church and the breakoffs make the same claim of being God's favorite and the only true church with his authority. Now, Joseph Smith taught that there is only one true prophet holding God's authority on earth at a time, and successive prophets agreed. In response, we continue to say they cannot all be right, but they can all be wrong. And they are. We know that because of John 14, 6, where Jesus said, I am the way, the truth, and the life, and no one comes to the Father but through me. Therefore, there's not a single church on the planet that we must join to find God. Not a single prophet that alone speaks for God to humans. One huge problem with the factions of Mormonism is their claims of being God's favorite and special people, the only people who are living life according to his unique requirements. Of course, Joseph Smith himself claimed to be God's one and only true prophet. We read from Mormon Doctrine and Covenants, section 43. <laughs> okay. Oh, hearken ye elders of my church, and give ear to the words which I shall speak to you. For behold, verily, verily I say unto you, that ye have received a commandment for a law unto my church, through him whom I have appointed unto you to receive commandments and revelations from my hand. And this ye shall know assuredly, that there is none other appointed unto you to receive commandments and revelations until he be taken, if he abide in me. But verily, verily I say unto you, that none else shall be appointed unto this gift, except it be through him. For if it be taken from him, he shall not have power except to appoint another in his stead. Okay, now through all of this wordy, wordy stuff, there's only <laughs> one. On that. Right. <laughs> there's only one. And of course, it's Joseph Smith. At the but time if, that if the power is taken from him, he still has the authority to appoint the next to one. To appoint another one. But So there will still be one on the, who has this authority. Uh, and in section 132, verse 17, it states there's only one person on earth at a time to whom the power and the keys of the priesthood are confirmed. So, conferred. So, we do have places in Mormon doctrine itself that states one person can have this authority. Now, er nearly every Mormon faction that embraces Joseph Smith holds to the teachings of the Doctrine and Covenants, each one claiming to hold God's exclusive authority. 
Now, this is just another one of the many contradictions to the Bible. Of course, they don't know the scripture, nor the power of God, nor the integrity of God. If they knew biblical history, they would know that four prophets of the Old Testament were all on earth at the same time and prophesied at the same time. Isaiah Amos, Hosea, and Micah, none of them competed against the other one. None contradicted the others. No one was the leader or had authority over the others. And yet they all spoke inspired words of God. And then you mentioned two others. Well, the two that I thought of were actually women in the time of Moses. His sister Miriam was considered was a prophet. Uh -huh. And then uh, in the time of Jeremiah, uh, Halda was considered a prophetess. She was a prophetess. Mm -hmm. So we have men and women prophets. At the same time. At the same yeah. time. And God spoke through those people and they're mentioned in the biblical scripture. So where, our, where Mormonism gets that idea of only one is certainly yeah. not from... And there that. actually were others. I'm thinking of uh, Zephaniah and uh, hmm, Haggai, I think, were contemporaries at the mm. same time in mm -hmm. the later history of Israel. So... Uh, mm -hmm. Yeah, there, and there might lot. even be others too. Yeah, I think there probably are <laughs> during the from the Isaiah to um, mm -hmm. right. to um, Malachi. There probably mm -hmm. were several at the same time. Besides that, but the point being that there can be more than one of God's prophets on earth right. at the same time, and there was, and they are recorded in the Bible. Yet Mormonism's only prophet idea completely deviates from God's revealed word. Every break off from the LDS Church validates their own prophet, but their own group by having their own pro exclusive prophet. Now, this leader or prophet is not to be spoken against, disagreed with, or disobeyed. In polygamy groups, the leader gets the most wives, and parents consider it a divine privilege if their daughters are noticed by the leader and are supremely blessed if their daughters are married to the leader. Um, as one of his plural wives, and it doesn't matter if the leader is 40, 50, or 60 years older than the daughter, or that the man already has 30 or more wives. The prophet is always the one and the focus. LDS Church President Ezra Taft Benson, who died in 1994, listed 14 fundamentals for Mormons in following their prophet, and we're going to mention three of these. Okay, so first, he said, the prophet is the only man who speaks for the Lord in everything. The third one, the living prophet is more important to us than a dead prophet. And the 14th one, the prophet and the presidency, the living prophet and the first presidency, follow them and be blessed, reject them and suffer. So that's from 14 fundamentals in following the prophet for our salvation hangs on them. Our salvation. Okay, so that's troubling because Jesus never said, follow them. That's right. He said, follow me. That's right. Absolutely. And there's only one mediator between God and man, and that's man, Jesus Christ himself. Jesus. That's Very right. clear. Very clear. So even, even from Joseph Smith and the Doctrine and Covenants that you read, clear up until Ezra Benson, Everett Taft Benson, there's only one man who speaks for the Lord. And that's the Mormon prophet. What, right? God doesn't speak for himself through the Holy Spirit? Can't, no, he can't speak for himself. <laughs> only through the man. Only through the man. Now, this, of course, lays the foundation for a present-day prophet to contradict former leaders, yep. as well as overrule or contradict biblical prophets, including Jesus himself. And that's exactly what they do. 
Whether it's the LDS church president or leaders of polygamy groups, it doesn't matter. They often contradict each other and the Bible and claim revelation from God to do it. They seem to think he is a progressive God, that human behavior and desires determine his guidelines for acceptable behavior and beliefs. His salvation requirements are changeable and have been changed several times. But he is not a progressive God. He is the same yesterday, today, and forever. Even the Book of Mormon teaches that simple truth. But they ignore their own scriptures or they pull rank saying that the living prophet is to be believed over the dead prophets. They seem to forget that Jesus isn't dead. He is alive. So they have no right to change or ignore what Jesus taught. Now, it's odd when the Book of Mormon was written, uh, God's decrees were not changeable, but now they are changeable. So the person who wrote the Book of Mormon couldn't have been a true prophet because he said God is unchangeable, but they keep changing things and say God did it. I mean, we've got a conundrum there. <laughs> so which is it? It can't be both. Yet polygamists and the LDS all have a changeable God and historically changed doctrines. They claim they believe in Jesus, but they sure don't believe what he taught. Instead, they believe in Joseph Smith, yet many of his teachings overrule what Jesus said. When Joseph Smith preached the King Follett Discourse, he bragged himself as being unequal, unequaled, that even Jesus wasn't equal to his ability to keep a church together. Today's modern-day prophet, Teachers continue in that same vein, bragging about Joseph Smith. One cannot criticize or attack Joseph Smith without attacking God the Father and his Son, Jesus Christ, whose prophet he is and has been from the very foundation of the world and always will be forever and ever. That is a terrifying statement. Very much so. Making, making Joseph Smith equal, equal to the Son of God, same Jesus level. Christ. Same level. It is terrifying, and it is it is sad that they have put a mere man up onto that level. We wonder if the LDS and the polygamy groups have guidelines on how to test if a man is a genuine, trustworthy, truthful, faithful prophet of God. I don't know. Uh, they have guidelines on how to follow the prophet. Do they have <laughs> guidelines, guidelines on, on how to test else. to see yeah. if he is a prophet? <laughs> Now, I don't know of any official test, unless it's some kind of spiritual experience while praying in the mountains, which many polygamous leaders claim to have had. But for some reason, they, the polygamous leaders have to go up to the mountains and have their prayer and fasting, and then they get these visions from God. But the Bible has given guidelines which God commanded us to use to test for a true prophet. Actually, Mormonism has made it easy for just about any man to claim to be a prophet. He can speak words he says are from God, and no one dares to question him because they say, believe and follow the prophet without question. Totally opposite of what God tells us to do to test for authenticity. Prophets are not future tellers, by the way. We have a good job description from the New Testament for those who prophesy. And this is very helpful. This is 1 Corinthians 14, 3. The one who prophesies speaks to people for their upbuilding and encouragement and consolation. No future telling there, is there? No. It's no. all for their upbuilding. Their, the, the depth of their understanding should grow. An and encouragement. Their, their when, response to God to be yeah, encouraged in the face yeah, of yeah. difficulty. It's lovely. I love it. It is. I love it. But that isn't the way the Mormonism, polygamy, or the LDS Church shows or 
interprets what prophets do. And the New Testament tells us that more than one person on earth at a time can do this. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but since Mormon theology allows for an exclusive present-day prophet who can nullify the words of previous prophets, they can say anything they want. And the people are supposed to bow down to it without question or comment. But God, uh, does God's word, is his, does it go out of style? Does it change with the times, or is it politically motivated, God? Obviously, in Mormonism, it does. You know, with with each new prophet comes fresh revelation, which is often contradictory to a previous prophet. In biblical Christianity, Jesus Christ is all we need. We don't need a fallible, sinful human being to mediate between us and God, and the Bible tells us Jesus Christ is our only and final prophet. Remember, he's alive. He's not a dead prophet. God took away the veil, opening the approach to his throne on a personal level to everyone who will come to him. We don't need any modern day prophets. The throne of grace is open and available to all. So all we need is Jesus. We read from Hebrews. And this is so beautiful. Let us then with confidence draw near to the throne of grace that we may receive mercy and find grace to help in time of need. Here we go, the throne of grace. I love that. It doesn't say Joseph Smith's throne. No, and come with confidence because God is ready to give. God yes. is ready to uh, to open the door. Exactly, mm-hmm. exactly. It's the open arms. It's just yeah. an invitation. It's a welcome. How can you resist it? Yeah. Exactly, a welcome. I like that. You know, God took away the veil, but the Mormons put it back up, keeping people out unless they follow the way of Joseph Smith rather than Jesus. However, God's grace and his wisdom and salvation are in Jesus alone. Joseph Smith, Russell Nelson, Warren Jeffs, Paul Kingston, Dave Watson cannot possibly be God's exclusive prophet, and we are not to obey or follow them at all. Here is what God says about Jesus. This is 1 Corinthians three eighteen to 21. Let no one deceive himself. If anyone among you thinks that he's wise in this age, let him become a fool that he may become wise. For the wisdom of this world is folly with God. For it's written, he catches the wise in their craftiness. And again, the Lord knows the thoughts of the wise, that they're futile. So let no one boast in men. Let no one boast in man. Right. That is so good for this topic. Well, the wisdom of this age is no comparison to the eternal wisdom of God, and which is unchanging. came in Jesus, yeah. So, uh, and these verses from Colossians 2 are wonderful, and I'll, I'll add one more to them when we're done. Colossians 2, 2 to 3 says, Being knit together in love to reach all the riches of full assurance of understanding and the knowledge of God's mystery, which is Christ, in whom are hidden all the treasures of wisdom and knowledge. And earlier in Colossians, in one twenty seven, Paul had said, And this mystery is Christ in you mm-hmm. the hope of glory mm-hmm. right so it's not he's not wandering around out there somewhere he comes and takes up residence in us in the believer yes in the believer and yeah. we have access then mm-hmm. to the way he always 24 7 to his perspective to his love to his his power to his wisdom mm-hmm. yeah. and and i like this in in um in the ones you just read here that in jesus are hidden all the treasures yes. of wisdom and also what do we need a modern day what prophet do we need for? a prophet for? Yeah. 
<laughs> Jesus. When, why do we need them when we can have Jesus, the throne of grace, open, welcoming? You know, because like in you Christ said. we have the ultimate prophet. We have yeah. the, the word of God made flesh. Exactly, exactly. So again, uh, knowing all this, why boast or trust in men when we can have Jesus? Jesus is the sum of all knowledge, wisdom, and understanding from God. Those who trust self-proclaimed prophets are willingly choosing to reject Jesus. Therefore, they're contributing to their own eternal death. Jesus will not share his position of Lord, Savior, and Mediator or his glory with anyone else. Also, Mormonism, both the polygamists and the LDS, claim to be the saviors of other people. Now, females in Mormonism can't be saved unless a man calls her name from the grave. Dead spirits cannot be taken out of spirit prison unless someone in Mormonism baptizes them by proxy in a Mormon temple, thus becoming the savior of dead, imprisoned spirits. We quote from a Mormon general conference, but remember, polygamists also embrace much of the standard Mormon doctrine. We are told that by taking the gospel to others and bringing them to repentance, by doing genealogy and temple work, and by living Christ-like lives, we can come to stand as saviors on Mount Zion. By freely giving his life, Christ and Christ alone atoned for all mankind. We have the opportunity of aiding others to accept his love and his sacrifice, the gift of the atonement, and thereby aid in the work of exalting the human family, becoming saviors on Mount Zion. That's dated April 1973, Elder Gordon C. Thomason. You know, okay. that's such a mixture of truth and falsehood. And error. It's so dangerous. Uh -huh. It is. It <laughs> is. It is. We're not saviors in any sense of the term. No. Uh, no. And, and despite all those pretty words that are in there, to, and it serves to give people fuzzy feelings and self-importance, mm -hmm. they're blasphemous. Jesus alone is to be exalted. Modern-day prophets, numerous temples, secret rituals inside those temples are all unnecessary and cannot add to the work and saving grace that comes through Jesus Christ alone. Now, I, it just came to my mind, but I have to mention that he talks about repentance, genealogy, temple work. The, the Bible forbids genealogy, by the way. Right. I just thought I would mention that. So how can you be a savior when you're... Um, not even following what the Savior said to do. Or well, not the do. other thing there, Dora, we don't bring anyone to repentance. That's right. The Holy Spirit brings the, someone God to repentance. God does that. Yeah, we yeah. don't do it at all. At all. Prophets. What do prophets do? <laughs> they simply speak the word of God. Yeah. So Jesus is all we need. And, and we don't need hundreds or thousands of saviors on Mount Zion, as Mormonism claims they are. And, and by the way, polygamists also claim they're <laughs> the saviors of mankind too. But they don't, well, we won't go into that. Anyway, uh, we don't need temples. We don't need polygamy, modern day prophets that contradict former prophet leaders. Jesus is enough. Jesus was perfect. How can we add to perfection? In Jesus is all wisdom. How can mere human possibly add to or compete with that? How can you add to all? 
We want to compare some prophetic statements made by former leaders in Mormonism, and hopefully some of our viewers will be able uh, to discern the errors of following the arm of flesh paraded as a Mormon prophet or polygamy prophet. We want to present to our LDS viewers and the fundamentalists what some of their previous prophets have taught and ask the question, were they true or false at the time these words were spoken? First, Joseph Smith, February 1835, and this is taken from History of the Church. And it was the will of God that those who went to Zion with a determination to lay down their lives if necessary should be ordained to the ministry to go forth to prune the vineyard for the last time or the coming of the Lord, which was nigh even 56 years would wind up the scene, should wind up the scene. Okay, so this is... This <laughs> that is... would be by about 1890. <laughs> Right? Yeah, something like that. <laughs> uh, a long, long time ago. <laughs> and, and this is a false prophecy that's used frequently by people who want to prove evidence that Joseph Smith was a false prophet. Jesus did not come back within 56 years of that prophetic word. Uh, now, God has warned us that one failed prophecy is the only proof needed to invalidate a prophet. The final test of Joseph Smith is he's a failed prophet. Just one. Just one. And he had dozens of false prophets or false prophecies. The second one we want to bring out is something Brigham Young prophesied. <laughs> Brigham Young said, The curse will remain on blacks so that they can never hold the Mormon priesthood until all other descendants of Adam have received the promises and enjoyed the blessings of the priesthood. It's not true. Well, no, that would be until never, right? That until every until human never. being who's descended from Adam, exactly. who's not black. Right. Uh, uh, that makes no sense. No, it doesn't. Uh, and, and I think that's what Brigham Young was saying. It'll never happen. Well, that also assumes that black people are not descended from Adam. Where did they come from if they didn't come from Adam? I don't know. I, <laughs> It just occurred to me in the we, moment when we, we read this. I'm like, well, wait, that all human beings came from Adam. <laughs> <laughs> and that, that, again, that's just another one of those funny things that come up when you're looking at these things and, right. and comparing it with doctrinal... Whatever that word is I'm looking for. <laughs> and, and besides that, there was no exclusive curse on the blacks. And the blacks, of course, have received the Mormon priesthood before all of the other descendants of Adam enjoyed these presumed blessings. So the final test for Brigham Young is he's a false prophet. Elder Joseph F. Smith, who became the sixth church prophet president, said this. Some people have supposed that the doctrine of plural marriage was a sort of superfluity or non-essential to the salvation of mankind. I want here to enter my protest against this idea, for I know it is false. I understand the law of celestial marriage to mean that every man in this church who has the ability to obey and practice it in righteousness and will not shall be damned. Well, that's kind of what Brigham well, Young said. If you don't live it, you're damned. Bold, yeah. <laughs> now, and, and notice here that he used plural marriage and celestial marriage synonymously. Yeah. yeah. Um, which the more modern LDS don't right. don't believe is true. Of course, the polygamists know that it, that it is. But but this man was called a prophet, uh, and 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 what we what we our question is was this true when he said it, but not true now? Uh, how does that work? Uh, does the method of salvation of mankind change when leadership changes? 
Uh, does God make changes to the gospel message or, or the, the requirements? Despite their claims, marriage absolutely has nothing to do with God's salvation that Jesus Christ purchased on the cross. The result is that Joseph Smith, Joseph F. Smith was a failed prophet. Now, here's one from LDS President Prophet Gordon Hinckley. I wish to state categorically that this church has nothing whatever to do with those practicing polygamy. They are not members of this church. Most of them have never been members. They're in violation of the civil law. We believe in being subject to kings, presidents, rulers, and magistrates, in obeying, honoring, and sustaining the law. The Articles of Faith 112. There is no such thing as a Mormon fundamentalist. It is a contradiction to use the two words together. When I first heard him say that, I wanted to reach to the television and grab him. <laughs> what do you mean? They began it. Polygamy began with his church, and, and then they started it. They shirked their responsibility of having started it. He said they believe in obeying, honoring, and sustaining the, uh, the law. Yet from the very first plural wife that Joseph Smith took up until this very day, every single place that they lived, polygamy was against the law before they got there. <laughs> a Mormon fundamentalist is a reality. There are tens of thousands of them, all living Mormonism as introduced and instructed by Joseph Smith. They, of course, are the true Mormons. <laughs> Gordon B. Hinckley failed the test of a prophet through prevarication and lies. Warren Jeffs of the FLDS polygamy group prophesied many times the end of the world was upon us. Never happened. Yet every time he, his prophecy failed, he blamed the people. They weren't holy enough yet, so it couldn't happen. It was their fault. The All Red group. And the Kingston group leaders have prophesied many times over that the end is near. It never happened. Other Mormon polygamists and, and Mormon breakoff groups have warned that the end times are upon us, even though every single one of their prophetic warnings that the end is here has failed. They continue to prophesy times, dates, and places, and the people continue to believe them. There's a disconnect here. Why would you continue to believe someone whose dogmatic truth statements continually fail? fail? Yeah, I, that makes no sense to me. It doesn't. It doesn't. I, just, like I said, there must be a disconnect mm -hmm. where they can't figure that mm -hmm. out. I don't know. But from the very first prophecy uh, by Joseph Smith setting the time for Jesus' return, Mormon members just don't learn they can't trust a prophet who gives failed prophecies and then blame the failure on the on the people. And God has given us no room for error. There must be absolute accuracy in every detail or he's a false prophet. And here's the test in Deuteronomy. And this is so helpful. Deuteronomy was written anciently, right? It's one mm -hmm. of the first five books of the Old Testament. Mm -hmm. Deuteronomy 18, 20 to 22. But the prophet who presumes to speak a word in my name that I've not commanded him to speak, or who speaks in the name of other gods, that same prophet shall die. And if you say in your heart, well, how may me know that the word the Lord has not spoken? When a prophet speaks in the name of the Lord, if the word does not come to pass or come true, that is a word that the Lord has not spoken. The prophet has spoken it presumptuously. You need not be afraid of him. 
failed prophecies. Okay, but I think not being afraid of him, I think, is an important part of that, because I think that's a reason why people continue to believe in the failed prophecies of people like Warren Jeffs, Mm -hmm. because they are so engulfed by the fear of what will happen if they don't. And that's a a good point. And Mm -hmm. and prophets usually will use fear as a tool. And it's a powerful tool. Oh, it is. Oh, I grew up with it. I know how powerful that is. Um, yeah, it's, don't be afraid of a, if a man gives a false right. prophecy, turn your back and walk yeah. away without says, fear. You don't have to be afraid of him. And then again, this is a test God has given for a false prophet. Does the Mormon church have a test for a false prophet? Do the polygamy groups have a test for the false prophet? Just if it's anybody except for their prophet, that's, that's everybody the only, else is false. Yeah, yeah. That's the only test I know. When the polygamy group leader dies and is replaced by another man, he brings in his own ideas and stacks them, uh, on, stacks whatever it is on top of a previous leader, even if it contradicts it. Uh, memories are short, I guess, so people can teach opposing ideas, uh, lies on top of each other, and they keep the veil up so that normal people uh, think they're serving God but they're really serving the arm of flesh and the foolishness of the minds of beer men. Mormonism has demoted Jesus to the place of a stepping stone rather than the chief cornerstone. They use his name as though it's a magic word, but they refuse to believe what he taught, proving that instead of being keepers of the truth, they are enemies of the truth. We quote Second Thessalonians. The coming of the lawless one is by the activity of Satan with all power and false signs and wonders and with all wicked deception for those who are perishing because they refused to love the truth and so be saved. And this is the bottom line. It is. Loving the truth. The judgment of God is against the deception of false religions and false prophets. Jesus is the truth. And those who perish do so because they refuse to love the truth. Mm-hmm. And so be saved. That's the very That's important right. part of it. Yeah. So uh, I, this kind of been heavy on my heart, especially since the last Mormon conference, where they again instilled in the minds of the Mormon people to follow the prophet and follow the living prophet and forget the dead prophet. Don't pit one against mm-hmm. the other. And I guess when we do shows like this, they think that's what we're doing is pitting one against the other. Well, everyone has to be compared to Jesus. There's no, it doesn't matter if they disagree with each other. What, what does, how does what they say line up with what Jesus himself said? The living word of God become flesh Mm -hmm. so we can see God by looking at him. It's it's pretty straightforward. And he is the truth, you know, so he didn't say Mm -hmm. anything that wasn't true. Right. And truth doesn't change. Well, and Jesus himself said, you know, you want to see God? You're looking at him, right? Yes. Have you seen me? You've, You've seen, seen the, the Father. Father. What more? What more do you need? What more can there yeah. be? Thank you, Dorothy. Appreciate your input. <laughs> Thanks, Russ. You know, we realize that a person who is born and raised on Mormon doctrine, they can find it extremely difficult, if not impossible, to entertain the idea that Mormonism and Mormon's prophets are false. Sadly, too many people who find out that Mormonism is wrong will walk away and reject it all. People who leave polygamy or or the LDS are shunned and they're mocked. They're even lied about by those who are left behind, which, by the way, is not a godly reaction. But they didn't leave a church they believe is true. They leave because they found out it isn't true and because they've discovered that they have been lied to by people that they were supposed to be able to trust.
Jesus said, I am the truth. We recommend all those who are doubting their Mormon religion to go to the Gospel of John and learn about the biblical Jesus and about the truths that he actually taught. No one needs Mormonism or polygamy and no one needs their prophets. Jesus Christ is alive. He lives and he is the word of God. So you can learn from him and trust him without fear and discover as so many thousands and thousands of others have that Jesus is all you need. Thank you for watching. This has been the audio podcast of Polygamy, What Love Is This? with host Doris Hansen. Polygamy, What Love Is This? is produced by A Shield and Refuge Ministry. More information on this program, including the video version of it, can be found at whatloveisthis.tv. If you have any questions or need help getting free from Mormon fundamentalism, write us at contact at shieldandrefuge.org or call us at 1-800-877-425-9993.